So here's the question. How many of you, at any point in your life, somebody has told you to grow up? Today. What was your story today? Tell me who told you that today. Yes. Okay. Your counselor tried to shush everyone. Okay. Your counselor told you to grow up today. Harley, what's your story? You told someone to grow up. You told your physics class that they all needed to grow up as a whole. You told Kyle to grow up. That sounds like a daily occurrence. They were throwing Nice. Throwing pennies around during class. You told your class to grow up. You told Kyle to grow up. Like I said, that seems like it's a daily occurrence. At least I know he should be told that every day. Um, Kyle? No, trust me. Kyle needs to be told that every day. I know Kyle. So here's the thing. Did you know that when people tell you to grow up, that's actually a biblical principle? It's actually biblical. In 1 Corinthians 13, I know you're shocked that we're still in 1 Corinthians 13 since we have been for seven weeks now. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. If you're a girl, you can put woman in that place. That's fine. Okay? So when I grew up, I put my childish ways behind me. Okay? Some of you, I know. Well, and I'm going to get... I'm, I'm going to get later about, about what it means to be grown up and mature as far as I'm concerned. But uh, let's see, here's the thing. I, I was thinking about this, and kind of this applies to the messages that I've already gone through in this series. Like, talked like a child. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how to do what? Anybody remember what we had to do? Remember two weeks ago, spring break, and I made all of you guys do something kind of weird right at the beginning? It was the night that Brett was the only guy. The girls were all here. What did you have to do? You remember? Anybody remember what I had you? What was it? Yes, it was the night. It was the, it was the night with all the symbols and the gong. How to hold what? What did you? What do you have to hold? How to hold your tongue? Remember how everybody hold their tongue? It was really weird. Yeah. Okay. How to hold your tongue? Right. I talked about that and. Uh, and so that's exactly what he's talking about here. When I, you know, he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I hadn't learned how to hold my tongue. Anybody remember what, how did we come at that? How did we, uh, how did we come at the, how to, how to hold your tongue? What were the six things we did? We asked, who went, when, where, why, and how, right? What am I saying? Who am I saying it to? Why am I saying it? When and where am I saying it? And how am I saying it? We talked about all those different things as far as our speech. And so that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. He's kind of summing up the chapter. This is toward the end of the chapter. And he says, so when I was a child, I talked like a child. And so it kind of goes with that. Then he says, I thought and I reasoned like a child. Right? This is about our our, our, the way we think, and this is one of, the, I think, the hardest things. It kind of controls everything else. Um, but uh, does anybody, where's, I know we have at least a couple of honor stars in here. So maybe we're going to know Philippians 4.8. You were close. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, that's the one you forgot, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. 
Okay? Yeah, again, the, you know, trans- slight difference in translations there. The, uh, the difference, right, when we talk about growing up in the way we think and the way we reason, I'm just going to leave it. The way when we talk about growing up in the way that we think and reason, it's about what are we thinking about? What are we focusing on? Sometimes we allow things to just kind of consume us. We allow things to kind of take over and they, they, we just can't get them out of it. You ever get a song stuck in your head? Yes? I disagree. You just think of a different song. The, uh, the other day on Facebook, you guys know Jeff Watson, right? You know Jeff from camp? He was, he, you know, the other day, he, he's got two little girls, like five and three or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, the other day, he posted on Facebook something about how, how sometimes he usually rides around on the, uh, he rides around on the four-wheeler all the time. But uh, um, he, he posted on Facebook the other day something about how he had, uh, because he has two little girls and they had had whatever on in the car that he was walking around all day singing God Girl. But I don't know who sings God Girl. Who sings it? Is that Jamie Grace? Yeah. Like, he's like, I spent all day singing God Girl. I'm a grown man. Like, <laughs> because the song got stuck in his head because his little girls were listening to it. And, uh, and sometimes that happens with our thoughts, you know. Something will just kind of get in there and, and burrow itself in, and we can't get, get that away even though it's not good. And that's what the Bible tells us we got to do. we got to focus on the things that are right, okay. Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world because we know that the world does not think right. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's all about the way we think, okay. It's all about what we're thinking about. And, and it's as simple as making a decision sometimes, okay. I know, um, when I was in high school, I had this crush on this girl, you know, and it was, uh, I know. And, uh, and so it did not work out for a variety of reasons. The main one being uh, she's Mormon, and uh, so that was not going to work. But um, our beliefs just too different, obviously. So summer came after, after I graduated, and she lived, like, just down the street from me, so it was really easy for me to see her and hang out with her. But I had to intentionally spend that summer not seeing her. And every time I started to think about her, you know, when you've got the crush thing going on, like every time I started to think about her, I just kind of had to push my mind somewhere else. And it was really hard, you know, and that's not always easy to do. Um, but it worked. No, she did not. <laughs> she did not come to my door. But uh, so. normally I went over to her house when I was, when I was trying to date or whatever. So, so anyways. Do what? Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about right now. So, uh, but here's the thing. Just like you've been told to grow up, and, and if you still thought the same way now that you did when you were a little kid, that wouldn't be normal. Like, like that's weird. People who still think the same way as they get older. Like, some of y'all, we have to conform the way we're thinking. We have to let God change the way we're thinking so that we're thinking more like an adult, okay? Imagine if somebody... Well, no, never mind. That, that, that one's going to make any sense. Okay? Here's another one. Here's another way that we have to grow up. Something that adults are expected to do, and they don't always do this, but, uh, they don't, but we're expected to be able to control our emotions the older we get. Okay? How many of you right now can think of an adult that you know does not have control of their emotions? Right? I can. The other day, I'll tell you this story. Saturday, 
I was at the soccer game, and I got there for the boys' game, or for most of it. And it was right before halftime. And the refs had been terrible, because the refs are always terrible at those soccer games. Um, but the, uh, the, yeah, the refs are bad. I know. The refs are bad. But the ref had been bad, and there was, a, there was what should have been a foul that he didn't call. It was right before halftime. And the, uh, and the, and the, um, the parents were yelling at this guy, and I yell at the refs. Like, I'm not saying don't yell at the refs ever, but they were, like, being really aggressive and mean and rude to this guy. Like, it was kind of stepping over the line. And, and so, so I tweeted something about, hey, uh, Permian men's soccer parents or whatever, um, I don't think he, being mean to that guy is going to help your cause. Like, I mean, you know, I said, I understand yelling. And so whoever runs that Twitter responded back to me like, yeah, but he's so bad. And I was like, yeah, but being rude and a jerk doesn't, isn't going to make him call things for you, you know. And he, this guy responded back to me. Who I don't know who runs a Twitter. I don't care that much. But the guy who it was responded back something about, uh, well, that's your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. And I was like, I'm pretty sure whoever this parent is is probably 10 to 20 years older than me. Why am I, why am I the one having to tell him to control his emotions? Like, it was weird. And, and, and that was, you know. Because we have to learn to control our emotions. You know, last week we talked about forgiveness and how that frees us, and we taped Harley to the chair and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, and that's what that's all about. It's all about controlling our emotions and making sure that we have, have that under control. Okay? Here's another way that uh, we can grow up, and, and we've talked about this several times over this series, but is... About, about a month ago, we talked about how love is weird. We talked about love being patient and kind and all those things that kind of go against our nature because we know that little kids are not patient. They're not kind. They're not forgiving. They don't have any self-control, right? Little kids do not love naturally. They might be nice sometimes, but, but they don't really, little kids don't really go, you know, by 1 Corinthians 13 in a lot of ways because it's not natural for us. And so as we, yes, sir. Seth loves you. I know. Seth loves everybody. Seth is the exception that proves the rule. Um, but uh, he calls everybody his buddy. So he almost got ran over the other day because he was running across the parking lot to hug me. Like he almost ran in front of his dad's truck. And I was like, Seth, dude, watch where you're going. Like, <laughs> he almost ran in front of his dad's truck, and it was frightening. But anyways, uh, so we know that love goes against our, our sin nature and against our, our very most... Uh, base instincts and so as we grow we have to get better at doing that at choosing to love and choosing to to show all those traits of love okay now here's a big one when they say when when, when people talk to you about getting older they talk about taking what starts with an r taking responsibility right Right? That's a big one that people talk about as you get older, especially when, when you get your driver's license. Now this is a responsibility. It's not a you know it's not a privilege. Or it's not a right, it's a privilege, right? You, you have to be responsible with your car or else it'll get wrecked and then you won't have one, okay? D don't run out of gas. Yeah, you have to make sure you put gas in your car and all those kind of things, right? We have to take responsibility. Galatians 6, 4 and 5 says, Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. How many of you just love when somebody else doesn't do something and then you get the blame for it, right? We love that. Yeah, it's the best. 
I know, I was being sarcastic. Right? Like when, when somebody else doesn't do their job and then you have to pick it up and you're like, man, I wish they would just be an adult and do, what the, you know, do their basic con- responsibility. This is biblical. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3.8 says, The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Okay, so we are expected to do our own labor, to do our own work, and to, to take responsibility for ourselves. This, this re- applies in a bunch of different ways. It applies to our job and our livelihood as far as that goes, um, but it also applies to our faith. Okay, when we're little kids, you know, we, we tend to kind of rely on our parents' faith because, you know, why do you go to church? Why are you a Christian? Because my parents are Christian. Right? That's, I mean, you probably know a lot of people who still would answer that. Well, how come you go to church? Well, because my parents go to church. Why do you believe in God? Because my parents believe in God, you know? But, but as we get older, we have to really start to take our own faith into our own hands, and we have to, have to take the time to, to study and, and to, you know, and we can't rely on our parents or, or your pastors, me and Todd, or, you know, the other adults in your life or, or whatever. You can't do that. Just like when you're a little kid, you don't know how to feed yourself, right? Like you're a little good kid, you can't feed yourself. But as you get older, you begin to be able to feed yourself. And, you know, you watch the little kids as they come up and they try and reach up at the counter to get their strawberries and stuff or get whatever their food is. But they're learning to feed themselves, right? It's the same thing. Like little babies, you know, your parents got to do the airplane thing with the baby food that tastes gross and, and all that kind of stuff. But the older we get, the more we learn to feed ourselves, okay? It's the same thing spiritually. We have to begin to learn to feed ourselves. We have to begin to learn to do our own praying and spend our own time in the Word. And, and as much as I love, you know, sharing with you guys and teaching you guys what I'm learning, most of the time what I'm teaching you is just what I'm learning or being reminded of sometimes. It's something I already learned, but I get reminded of something. Uh, and then I share it with you guys a lot of times. But but that's kind of what we have to do. We have to begin to take responsibility for our own faith, okay? Does anybody here do their own laundry yet? Bunch of you guys. Awesome. Awesome. When Grant's out of town, you do your own laundry. My parents, when I turned 12, my mom was like, here's how it works. Good luck. If you, if you want clean clothes, you wash them. Like, that, that was it. I was, I was done, you know. I, I was, no, I mean, I was, say what? You have to hand wash your clothes? I do. I hand wash our dishes. Oh, really? I hand wash our dishes, so I, I kind of feel your pain. But how many of you guys have friends who are like your age, especially those of you in high schoolers, whose mom and dad still packs them a lunch? Anybody know people like that? No? I have a, there's a, I have a former student who I'm not going to name. She's a great girl. I love her to death. Um, but she is, I think, a sophomore in college, and last year... I would see, and it, like when she was a junior or senior, she was a junior my last year teaching, and she would show up. No, she was a senior. She was, I don't know. Either way, she would, sh- I think she was a junior. She would show up, sit in my office, and go, I wonder what my daddy packed me for lunch. As a high school junior, I'm not even kidding. She didn't even know what she was getting because her daddy packed her lunch. And I think that continued even into her freshman year of college. Like, I think one, a couple times, not every day. But I think even when I knew she was graduated, she would still post like, hey, I wonder what I'm eating today. And I'm like, really? You're 19 years old. You know, and that drove me crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, think, I thought it was a little weird. I can understand that even once in a while if you have a once-a-week tradition or something like that. But for every day as a 17, 18, 19-year-old person to say, I have no idea what my daddy packed me for lunch. Every day it was strange. Anyways, I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But, but uh, 
But that's the thing. That's, that's about taking responsibility. Like I said, you know, when I got to high school, my mom was like, all right, you know where the food in the house is. I'll make sure there's always food, but you can pack your own lunch. Like, that's how my parents were. And if I wanted to buy lunch, I better have my own money because that's not how my parents did things, you know. Um, and so I ate a uh, ham and cheese sandwich, a little thing of Pringles, and a Coke, like, every day in high school because that's what I knew how to make and it's what we had in the house. And so, uh, so that, you know, but I had to be responsible for that at some point. And just like that, our faith, we have to take responsibility for our faith. Now, here's the thing. Here's kind of the big point about being adult, and I'm going to tell you guys this. This is, this is the key to maturity and the key to making people think you're mature is that being adult is about making right choices. And I know that's not a mind-blowing revelation for most of you, I hope. But it's about choosing to take responsibility. Here's the thing. When I was like 17, I had an internship with, uh, at a church, and everybody at that church thought I was like 20. They all thought I was like in college. Um, ooh, oh, man. Excuse me. I apologize. Whew. I couldn't stop that. That was one of those ones that you just had no control over. Anyways, I had to, uh, they all thought I was like in my 20s, and it wasn't because I wasn't stupid. Like, as a, trust me, as a 17-year-old, I had plenty of stupid moments. Okay? The difference is, and if you want people to think you're mature, you just have to choose when to be stupid. Like, you have to choose when to get ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, I always joke that when I was living with Micah and Nathan and Wes, we had more fun than any guy should be allowed to have. We had our fair share of stupid. I promise you that. When you come home and your roommate is sitting in the front yard, and this is a true story, in, the, in, in a folding chair in the front yard wearing just like a T-shirt and shorts, where they hose, spraying it up into the air and just allowing it to fall on him. I'm like, Micah, what are you doing, bro? He's like, just sitting in the yard. I'm like, okay. You know, like, like it was incredibly dumb and pointless, but you know what? He didn't have anywhere, you know, he was at a place in his life where he could do that. He, you know, he was off of work, whatever. I mean, I kid you not, that happened. That's a true story. There was more than one occasion when the four of us sat outside and just watched a bug zapper. Because in Florida, there are lots of big bugs, and you can get pretty good entertainment out of a bug zapper. And you're like, that's really stupid. Yeah, but the people at church didn't watch us do that. You know, we, you know Michael was the pastor. He's the worship pastor. You know, he, you, you have to control the stupid, okay? That's that is how to, to, to be mature is simply choosing when to be stupid and knowing when and when not to be stupid. Okay, being adult is about choosing. I talked about choosing to take responsibility. It's about choosing the right friends, okay? It's about making sure that you have good friends around you who are going to direct you upwards and towards Jesus and not away from it. You have choices over your friends, okay? It's about choosing uh, not to grow complacent in life in general. When I, when I see people who are... Who are uh, who are grown up and, and yet they seem totally, they have no desire to improve themselves and they have no desire to grow uh, in any way. You know, they don't want to learn any new skills. They're just totally, and that, that kind of makes me sad because I'm like, you know, that's not, that's, that's such a kind of a boring life as far as I'm concerned. And, and, and if you know somebody like that, I'm not trying to insult. I just, you know, when we choose to get complacent, we stop learning, we stop growing as people let alone in our faith, that's kind of a sad existence. And we can choose that, okay? We choose to get complacent or we choose not to, okay? I understand we cannot control the circumstances in our lives, but we can control our reaction to those circumstances, okay? You cannot control the circumstances in your life. You can't control your reaction to those circumstances. Last verse here, Deuteronomy 30, 19. 
Go on Old Testament here. It says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now, choose life so that you and your children may live. God said, listen, you have choices in life. You can choose good. You can choose bad. You can choose this. You can choose that. Whatever it may be, you have choices in life. But God says, choose life. Choose the right things so that you and your children may live. Now, on the you version uh, thing, there is a poll on there. There's, I think, five options. And the question is basically, which one of these is the most difficult for you to do? Which one is the hardest? Uh, you know, is it the thought life? Is it, or is it about what you're thinking about? Is it about what you're saying? Uh, all those kind of things. And if you would, go ahead and get, hop on there. Some of you are already on there. Which is the area you have the most difficulty growing in? Speech, thoughts, emotions, selflessness, or responsibility, okay? So, so check that out and vote on that. And, uh, and, and, and what I want to encourage you guys to do is just that, is to make the right choices at the right time. Trust me, y'all know I have no problem getting dumb sometimes. I have no problem having stupid fun. But we have to choose when, we have to choose how, and we have to choose to grow in, in every way so that we can be, we can grow in Christ just like he said, just like Paul said we should. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you for the word. I thank you for this chapter that, we've, that I've enjoyed studying over the past uh, couple months, Lord. I pray that you would just let these lessons sink into our minds, God, that we would, uh, God, that we would grow to love more like you do and like you've called us to do, Lord. God, work on our thoughts. Let our thoughts be transformed and renewed by you. Lord, work on our speech, God, and let us learn how to speak with, with godly love to those around us. Lord, work on our, on our emotions, God, and, and on, uh, God, and on our ability to take responsibilities, Lord, and, and, and on our on our choices, God, just help us all to make right choices. That's a, that's a thing that I still need help with, God, and I just pray that you would put the right choices in front of us, Lord, and, and put people around us who are going to encourage us to make those right choices. God, that we would rely on one another, that we would lean on one another, and we would be that for one another, God, that, that we would uh, help each other to make the right choices. And I pray that you would, uh, God, just simply help us to grow. Let us not rely solely on those around us for our own faith, God, but that we would uh, dig into a relationship with you that we would uh, uh, really enjoy that relationship, God, that we would take the time, God, to get to know you better and to study your word and to, to talk to you and to have that relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, continue to work in each of us. Let us, uh, let us go ahead and, and, and grow up in you, God, so that we can be a good example to those around us of how to grow in you and of how to, uh, to fulfill the calling that you've put on each life, God. God, I thank you and I love you because you have loved us, Lord. We, and we just are grateful for everything that you do for us. In your name we pray. Amen.